So, it's about so, so people say they want a barter economy, right? Mm-hmm. We're all going to barter. As the economy collapses, we'll just barter. But barter has never been used by any civilization anywhere. Welcome to Thriving the Future podcast, where we're finding positive solutions to thrive in the tough times ahead. Barter has never been used by any civilization anywhere as the central of the economy. It's always push, pushed to the fringe, the black market, and those type of situations, or some one-off cases. Mm-hmm. Well, wait a minute. So, didn't everybody barter? Who? In pre-industrial... Where'd you read that? Didn't the Indians barter? They're a little bit different, and not quite. Why? Wampum. Well, yeah, wampum. Later is wampum, right? No. Pre-Columbus, we have shells that are from sea creatures clear on the west coast, clear over on the east coast. How'd they get there? Trade. But that's bartering. It was used as currency. So there's a fine line there between, you know, so wampum, for those who don't know... Was a it was, was a beaded a beaded thing that was a proof of work thing, and then and then when the Americans or I mean the the Europeans bought land from the Indians, they f- made their own beads, destroyed and collapsed their economy yeah. in and the those, process. Those beads are made from shells. Right. Right. Okay. So yeah, I know they've got they've got they've got. When white man came here, we industrialized it and cranked out a million and inflated. Yeah, right. Sure, I've got, I've got Arrowhead. I've got an Arrowhead collection where there's flint that is from Oklahoma and there's flint that is from uh, Montana and stuff like that. Yeah, for the Plains Indians, that kind of makes sense, right? Right, because they were traveling that back and forth. But some of it was traded. Some of it was traded, some of it was dropped, some of it was shot. Some of it, you know, there's a lot, oh, yeah. there's I mean, a lot so there, right? So what there, part wasn't barter? That wasn't the central part of their economy. Okay. I'm not even totally, totally sure that we can say they had a central part of the Plains Indians thing. Because the Plains Indians are the end of a civilization. They are what was left after a collapse. Okay. Right, because we had millions and millions of people living here in great big cities that disappear between the Spaniards coming here and the English, right? Because mm-hmm. of smallpox and disease, yeah. And whatever else. We're not totally sure, but even then there's some possibility that they were hitting a yeah, collapse, land, which yeah, is... Right. We don't have time to review two books worth of stuff. No, um, no, no, no. But... Uh, yeah, but, but mo- mo- most cases of barter are found actually in an economics book. Okay. Not in practice. Not in history. Okay. They're in economic books, and it's everybody bartered, and then they used money because it was more efficient. It's just basically the introduction to economics, right? Mm-hmm. It's mostly fiction because it doesn't work over long distances. Usually there has to be some currency. Tribal systems are a bit different. But if you use it over long distances and you don't have a common currency, then then it's barter. It's currency exchange. 
Okay. So you trade a shell for a piece of flint. I it's guess, yeah. Barter. <laughs> okay. Let's not get over the okay, speed okay, bump. Okay, okay. So it's barter when I give you... When I'm in Britain and I give them dollars to get pounds so that I can go shopping at the well, no, local that's pub. Well, that's currency exchange. Okay. And if this person has arrowheads that's used as currency inside their territory and this guy has shells and this guy is willing to take the shells for arrowheads so that he can do business inside that territory, how is that not currency exchange? Okay. But we also, neither of us lived in. Right. And we don't have very much first-hand Sure, sure. Right. But how do we get starting there... Say we're heading towards collapse, then practically, in, in what, our do we, world, what do we do? In our world, it's really, really difficult. Right. Because the, the tribe, tribal systems are the closest you get to barter or a gift economy functioning. Okay, gift economy is that I, I, you're I get, my friend, you're like family, I don't need to, I don't need to pay you. We... Okay, okay. Let's step back and look at a tribal yeah, okay. society, right? Right. In a tribal society, it could be patriarchal or matriarchal. We've had some of both, but we're just going to keep it simple. Uh-huh. You have a person who is like the chief or the leader of the tribe, right? Sure. Then you have clans mm-hmm. under that, right? You, mm-hmm. So those has a leader, and then you go down to families, right? And those have leaders. And they go up, right? Right. You have that chain of responsibility. Your The head of your family answers to your clan for what you do right and wrong and the rest of the tribe. Okay. So you, you kill this dude sheep, then your clan or your family is going to make up the repayment. Okay. Of the sheep, right? Uh-huh. And then they will probably demand something <clears throat> of you. Unless it, you know, but that keeps the cohesion because it's about the group, not the individual. Tribe. So it's about the tribe. It is. It is about the honor system. It is about maintaining honor, the next life, living properly and appropriately. Right. In our modern context, how big is your tribe? It is your household. Mm-hmm. Right. So you're talking the nuclear family. In most cases, you're talking a broken nuclear family. Sure. Or split up, divorces, remarries, right? That's all broken up and not functioning like that. And if barter works inside the tribal system, or the gift economy works inside the tribal system, and your tribe is basically your nuclear family, who are you going to barter with? You're not okay. Right. And that's how it works because your tribe is just like that bigger set of your nuclear family. You know, you need, if we're in a, your wife needs a screwdriver, she goes and gets a screwdriver, right? Right. You let her have it or you give her one or, right? It, that is the exchange. Right. You don't go give me 10 bucks till you bring the tool back, right? <laughs> so in our economy, or I mean our community, then how would that work? It can't work yet. And that's my point. Okay. We don't have an interresponsibility dispute settling system within the community. Okay. Right? 
We're functioning as a whole bunch of tribes that get together and do stuff. Yeah, we're city-states. And we don't even have our full tribes participating. We have representatives in most cases, right? We're My family's not interested in really coming to most of the events. Yeah, okay. Right, right. So we're, so we're dealing with these even it's not even quite ambassador because the rest of the group family right. doesn't care in most cases right okay the so ones then, do. some so, we have everybody involved some we don't right right so but that's not a tribal system you can get some barter to happen here and there as one-off events right some things that i don't sure. but it, barter blanket, but, yeah. but you're not going to get 100 percent of your groceries 100 percent of your gasoline 100 percent of your electric and 100 percent of your propane right okay how are you going to get those through barter? Even if I pay dollars for them, you've got to come barter them for me. we got to figure out a way to transport the propane or the electricity or, right? I mean, it starts becoming this mess of inworkable, unworkable stuff. Okay. So where do we go? You're making me depressed. I'm not trying to make you depressed. I'm saying that that doesn't work. Okay. What works in our modern context is a currency. Uh-huh. Because it's fungible. Yeah. I can give it to anybody. I don't have to have a relationship with them, and it's trustless, right? Okay, yeah. Right, so right now we have a federal government that stands in and says, we are the power of the whole freaking world. We back this dollar. Right. If you're going into a collapse, you're either going to use their dollar. If you're worried they're going to take your use of their dollar away, then you need another currency. You need one that is trustable. In that it is not counterfeited, it is not duplicated, it is not a double spend problem. Where you, the coins get spent more than once within a transaction period, right? Well, that's well, that's Bitcoin, right? Right. It's inherently trustable. It's inherently generatable. I was being sarcastic, but you, you answered that, me uh, that's seriously. Right. So. What we are waiting for... And what is being worked on and what will happen is one of these digital currencies, probably from the Bitcoin family, just because of the security and the way the trust works, which we don't yeah, right. we'll just skip over, right? You want to figure that? Go to Bitcoin Mystery School. Vin will, uh, Cyprian will teach you more than I can in the same amount of time. Yeah. That is pretty much our only option. That will work because my address where I get my coins and all that over time, I can look at and say what addresses do I have a relationship with and map who I have the most transactions with, who I have the most value with. And what we're getting ready to see is these being stable coins tied to something like the US dollar so the value of one of these is equal to $1. Tether's done this, right? Yeah. But we can do this as a token on top of another network and pay our network fees and mine it so that we have the trust built in. So then my little community uses this coin that's worth $1. Right. Uh, community 2 uses this other token that's worth $1. But over this trustable, trustless network... Where we don't have to trust any people. We can exchange this one for this one when we want to go use that one for somebody that only takes coin one. Why couldn't we use GSD token or something 
just because we could. It's here, not here, 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 here's the problem: GSD token is going to require somebody to run a SLP node, right? Or Bitcoin Cash node. They will have to run an indexer. They will have to track the coin. They will have to maintain a Android, yeah, and Apple wallet. Mm-hmm. They're going to have to do all the debugging. They're going to have to do the keeping it working. They're going to have to update it. They're going to have to maintain that. Then they're going to have to do user support and all that. The problem is I can't do that and grow my food. Mm -hmm. There's just no way. I can't do that and write articles and do stuff at the journal. This is more than a full-time job at my skill level. So you'd have to do that for every single coin. Right. Now, there's some ways to make that go faster and smoother, but the electronic currency space is actually moving so fast, you have to have somebody that can dedicate their time to that. They're going to have to be paid to do it, because they're going to have to buy their food, and their rent, and their gasoline. Okay. But our community is not big enough to pay for that. Right. I can't even say, I will work on this for free. You all make sure I eat. So the other community, we're, we're talking about the um, the other community would have a different token, but it, it, it is could, based yeah. on a dollar. With or, a stable or whatever, whatever or that stable well, thing it, is. Yeah. It would have to be, otherwise you wouldn't trade it. It would be trusting. Really, eventually it needs to be based on the production of electricity for mining each token. Right, which the government's trying to bust. So... This space will outmaneuver the government, just like hackers are always 20 steps ahead of them on every computer security thing, right? I mm -hmm. mean... Okay. It is evolving faster than 80-year-old guys can think. True. Much less keep up with what happened 10 years ago in this space. Well, all those 80,000 IRS agents that they added... <laughs> you can add bureaucrat after bureaucrat after bureaucrat. Bureaucrats don't learn. Right. Yeah, I know. They're retro. So. They're always behind. They, well, yeah. That's the way they work. That's the way governments work. It works for them. Sure. You're going to have to be more flexible. You're going to have so to. So how do we get there? How do we get there? Mm-hmm. So say we, say we are collapsed now and avoid the rush, right? Then. Uh, what the hell's wrong with you? <laughs> what do you mean? You want to go into a complete collapse now to avoid the rush. That's 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 a term in Yeah, there. I know. It scares me a lot when people start talking like that, especially as flippantly as they do. Yeah. I don't want to go there. Right. There is no guarantee you get back up out of there. Well, not only that, it's like And you so, can't pre-collapse. Yeah. Unless you're going to take everybody down with you. Okay, okay. Which I'm not means, talking about nuking collapse. I'm talking about individual collapse right so you just some of these off-grid people and all that other stuff technically that's what they mean by collapse now and avoid the rush get yourself off of the system okay. trouble is not one person in our community wants to get off of the system really define right? the system i you, you can't define the system and neither can i work a job i, and I, I get paid I would say there's probably two people in our group that can define the system. Okay. Everybody else is saying it, 
everybody else has this vague idea of what it means, uh-huh. but they cannot define it for themselves. Right, but yeah, what I meant was that so out when of our we're group, all working to get out of the system, we're all working towards different goals. True, true. Mm-hmm. That's definitely not tribal. Okay. That's definitely not cultural. Okay. It's individual focused. Uh huh. To build culture, unless you're going to build the culture of individual, which we are seeing the ultimate height of. Uh huh. So you can't really build that up any higher. You have to build culture, which means you have to surrender some of the things that we think are important. Like what? You have to compromise and not be get your own way all the time. You have to be willing to say, well, I don't get to choose where we live because I have to go where my tribe is going. I surrender who's going to judge my actions and decide whether I live or die. But none of us are interested in selling all we have and moving closer together. Right. So none of us have reached a point of realization of either what is coming or what everybody's talking about is not going to happen. Hmm. Or the cost is too much. Right. People are too comfortable where they're at and they don't see it as worthwhile. So either those of us that think it's going to get really bad have to wait till that pain point is there for them. I don't see it as worthwhile. Okay, how? I, <laughs> at what point would it become worthwhile for you? If there was a complete collapse, but I'm not going to... If I lost my land, then that would be different. If I was forced to be a refugee, then that would be different. Right. But, you know, I'm not going to sell everything I have and move somewhere else unless I have no other option. Right. Conceivable option. You, you, your pain point is you have to be backed in a corner, they have to have kicked you off your property, and you have to have no other option but to take whatever it is you've got, maybe just a shirt on your back, and go someplace else. Yeah, but that's none of these are positive solutions. <laughs> none of these are thriving. That's all choosing not to collapse now, isn't it? Yeah. So then... There's no point in talking about collapse now on Twitter if we're not going to go. Yeah, I know, I know. Right? I just so some, some, some of us are willing to go, right? And right. some of us are basically going to go. Are you going to go? Probably. So what's that look like? For me, that probably looks like the start of a new spiritual journey and a new direction for life. Okay. And joining a community of people that are already doing that. I don't know. I'm going to go see if it fits. See if it's the right thing. Okay. So who's doing that now? In my opinion, what fits me would be the Orthodox Church. Probably a monastic situation. Going or, to a monastery? Yeah. Hmm. Or... If not that, at least one of the brotherhood groups where you're living in a house together, working together, working inside the parish system, where you basically have a patriarchal clan tribe type system. It's already outside the system. So, so it's parallel. So who pays the rent? 
usually you do some kind of work as a group that pays the rent. Just like you do the food, right? Mm-hmm. You're either growing stuff, you're doing some kind of trade, you're... It just depends, right? I don't have all the answers at this point, but... It's it's just where I am at in my life, right? That's right. where I am in my spiritual journey. That's where I am in my physical journey, and they're converging, right? So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that's my answer. That's my collapse now and build <laughs> up. Yeah. Right? Right. Start over. There are other people doing it, right? Nicole Sauce has people moving all into her little valley or sure. or whatever, right? And yeah, but somebody still has to pay for the land, and, you know, that's the whole thing. Everybody's a materialist when the rent's due. Some of us. There are people that are not doing that. Right. They live in their car. True. They're little traveling homeless villages. True. Right? I mean, these are all people that have collapsed. Mm-hmm. All these people on Twitter talking about collapsing, they're not going to live on a tent. Right, but these, you know, I can't speak on behalf of the Holler Homestead, but, you know, I mean, basically somebody either has to pool all their money, like you said, sell everything you have and then buy land together, or they're living with somebody who who purchased the land. That's the way a tribe works. Either way, you're not quite cutting off 100% from the current financial system. Mm-hmm. You can't. So how do you handle the rent seekers? The rent seekers. The Somebody has to work a job that pays them. And you do that... I mean, somebody's on, paying the rent, so that person's working, or you're doing enough as a communal tribe to like you were saying Cover like at that. the monastery where um they're making things and and then there's a certain amount of donations too but you know you know some people do farms some people do right. crafts some people right. make jams and jellies some right, people right. you know i mean the amish make all kinds of yeah. dancing rabbit makes um dancing rabbit community they make uh among other things they make caskets right People buy those products. Those products add up. They pay for the land. They pay for the food. They pay for the things you're not doing. And you share that together among the people that are doing the work or living in the community, right? I mean, you have a new baby. You don't expect them to do much but cry and mess their diaper, right? Right. But you still feed them. You take care of them. You give them what they need. Mm Mm-hmm. Eventually, as they grow, you you do that while they're going through school till they learn something, right? So how's but, it scalable? But we, we, we cut them off. So how's it scalable? If you know, I mean, it's not scalable, right? What's not scalable? That model. It's plenty scalable. It, I mean, it's just a tribe. You 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 can't even get up to Dunbar's number because. Your tribe would get to Dunbar's number, and if it goes above Dunbar's number, you end up with two tribes. They split. Well, Dunbar's number in the situation of a tribe would be like 30 people. Dunbar's number is like 150 people or something, right? You'd get up to tribes of about 150 people. You would have clans of 30 to 50. Hmm. Okay. Right? It's usually usually like a great-grandfather or a grandfather, right? It's a clan. Right. Right. 
him and his uncles make the tribe. Mm-hmm. Several of those tribes, you know, usually tie together into a bigger nation okay. or group, right? Right. That's the way it has worked for a really long time. So the until Amish, we hit the, huh? Do the Amish have that model? Sort of. They just they don't, they don't use those words, right? Right. You have families. Okay. Right. Yeah. And they have their own church. They have their own stores. They have their own businesses. They go to each other first to do things. Mm-hmm. Someone's usually building sheds, and somebody's selling tractors, and somebody's making pies, and somebody's baking bread, and somebody's making jams and jellies, and somebody's running the store. And all those products go into the store. So you would still have right? specialists to some extent. Yeah, just like you do at home, right? I mean, in, in all our families, somebody does the cooking, somebody does the cleaning, somebody does the gardening, somebody, and some of those chores are split, and some of them are separate, right? Right. The, those are all things you have to do to live. You just split it across a bigger number of people. That's a tribal system. We don't live that way. We don't think that way because we think that it's rearranging the material stuff in the universe mm-hmm. that will make us happy. Okay. Tribes work on... I do my part in the culture. I do my part in the family. In that I will find fulfillment. I will find happiness. I will fulfill my purpose as a human. And I will have a good next life. Mm -hmm. Or afterlife, depending on the belief system, right? That is a spiritual focus. Because we're looking at things that are immaterial. Things you can't touch, touch, taste, smell, hear, right? Takes another sense. A spiritual sense to perceive those things sure culture is intangible culture is expressed in art music and stories right Mm -hmm. that's the currency that keeps it going and spreads and passes the knowledge but you can go touch that painting but you haven't touched culture culture you've touched the painting viewing the painting you can pick up information from that art style from what's in the painting what it describes you can take things out of the story but that's all thoughts and feelings right those are untangible physical goods those are all spiritual things versus material we are a complete materialist empirical society since the enlightenment right that Mm -hmm. was what it was all about right if you can't taste it touch it smell it see it measure it it doesn't exist it is unimportant and we have hit the max of where that can take us the dissatisfaction you see in the world is because the spiritual is completely empty Mm-hmm. Sounds like a hippie, right? There's more to life than duty and honor. There's a God, and we should experience them. Love, do mind-altering substances to experience God or the spiritual or commune, or right? Those are all a desire to see a spiritual things from a very, very materialist 1950s culture, right? Okay. We're still seeing that unfold. We're going back to a pre-enlightenment, uh-huh. a dark age. Dim age, yeah. Was it dim age? Yeah, dim, this time, right? Yeah. It doesn't mean computers turn off. That doesn't mean we go back and live like medieval lords. Right. It means that the focus changes from this materialist perspective of what's important. Mm-hmm. 
So the individual is going to have to surrender to the group in some ways, right? Sure. So barter may be a future thing, but it's not part of the transition. And it's actually inefficient. Because this digital currency can map who's important, who's in my tribe, who's in my clan, who I owe. It can do currency exchange, and it can do it all without the need for a government and without the need for a bank. You put a bank in something, you now have usury. Sure. With usury, that is where you pay interest on the loan or you mm -hmm. borrow the money and pay right. them back more than you borrowed. And that creates slavery and indebtedness, right? Mm-hmm. Which up to a certain point was considered to be sin. From a tribal system. Yeah, you weren't supposed to you weren't supposed to do that. To whom? To well, to your brother, anyone in your you know that's why you had Tribe, to go to the clan nation, right? Yeah. And you, that's you could why do you that to the to outsider. The, well, that's why you had the other that was right. the money lender. Right. We're going back there, but to go back there, we have to shift our thinking. Right. So people that want to collapse now and start building have got to stop building single-person compounds and locking the world out. That's just a continuation of the current system. Rearranging the material stuff where I live what crops I grow, what things I have or don't have, how many of the things I have or don't have, what, how much time I spend chasing them. Right? Those are all these material things that we think that if we rearrange them and get them all right, if we distribute them appropriately among people, their inherent good will take over and we'll all be peaceful and not want to murder each other. Yeah, that's... that's... Whereas the clan people say, we all want to murder each other, but it's not... Within culture, right? Our culture, we, we, we decide to suffer something. We decide to not pursue something. We decide... We all want to murder each other, but we won't today. <laughs> right. Yeah. We won't today because we're brothers. At the end of the day, we're brothers, and that's more important than that. That You, you can't get people to think that anymore. That's why snitches get stitches doesn't mean anything to anyone. Mm-hmm. There was a time in this country you didn't even have to say that saying. Then there was a time when you did say that saying, and now we're at a point where no one knows what it means. Loose link, lips sink ships. Nobody knows what that means, and they don't care. And now you're now you're you're lauded for being loose lips and being the whistleblower and being the leaker and everything. Well, the whistleblower is a little bit different, but yeah, you're expected to be the whistleblower, the leaker. You're supposed to be the tattletale, right? So. I don't think barter works. It's, it, it doesn't build a big enough civilized economy to do this rebuild that people want. It works if you're going to be the drug dealer, the black market guy, the guy on the side fringe, the guy in prison, mm -hmm. the guy in a prison camp, and the gulag. Those places all have barter. So is that what the, you know, live not by lies, the folks who did not participate got pushed to the edge of society then they That's all were, they had left. Were they doing that or were they doing the gift economy amongst themselves? Or were they doing both? Probably some mix of both. Right. But we're talking the fringe side constantly under threat of having it all taken away. The constant threat of being dead, living on that 
perpetual collapse, right? Mm-hmm. Let's not collapse now and survive later, or you know, rebuild now. There is no rebuilding. It is a long game of waiting and prolonging this death for as long as possible, for as many people as possible. It's a management of a fall. Mm-hmm. It's not thriving. A lot of people but, don't think that selling all you have and joining a uh, tribal commune is not thriving either. <laughs> that's right. It was like Garper was talking about, right? People have got a ways farther to go. Mm-hmm. Or something's going to have to change, but you can't get people to accept what they don't want, right? I don't know how to explain what's coming. Hmm. Well, it's unfolding, it's unfolding, it's unfolding. Yeah. And when people want to be in denial, they want to be in denial. But Mm -hmm. you need to be looking at currencies and running your own, unless you have the skills, is really, really stupid. Okay. Go join a community that has people that are already running it. Find some people smart enough to point you in the right direction on that. Stick to them. Learn every little skill you can and do grunt level work for them if you need to. They are building the next economy. And it's still going to be a fringe economy. Mm-hmm. Well, blessings on your new journey. Perpin is moving on to seek intentional community. He may pop in from time to time. He may join one of our group conversations with other folks like he did for Yardbird. We're going to continue with what we've been doing since episode 37, and that's including other voices and focusing on storytelling. And you've responded well to that. The downloads are up 20%. This episode that we did with Perpin and the episodes before this are usually what Yardbird calls the why episodes. They're mindset episodes, How you know, looking at things from the top level. Why? We'll still continue to do some of those, but move more into the how, into the tips, into the other voices, folks that you're not going to hear because they're not podcast hosts. See, one of the ways to make money in podcasting is to get on everybody else's podcast. So pretty soon you get the same voices and you start hearing them all over the place. The prepper podcast space is very crowded. You know all the names. Um, The homestead space is fairly crowded. So what sets us apart? We want to talk about the stuff that someone else is not talking about. Sometimes you do that by talking to people who are not professional podcasters or podcast guests. So let's take, for example, next week is one of the most exciting episodes that I've done in a long time. It has Jules Smith from the Homestead Journal. He's the editor of the Homestead Journal. And what we're talking about is how to make money on your own terms. Jules is going to share his system for a multi-side hustle, intermittent, high-value dollar-per-hour system. So you get out of the 40-hour-per-week mindset. What if you could work less than 40 hours a week? What if you could charge double what everyone else is charging, work less, and still thrive? Everybody who's done a the market garden or has done a side hustle says, oh, I can't do that because i got to compete with everybody else. Well, why? So one of the reasons you're competing with everybody else is because you have that employee mindset. You have that commodity mindset. 
find unique things to do or charge enough, Jules charges enough so that he has premium customers, he has availability in between, he has slack time for other things to do, he works half the time, can work in other side hustles, or he works half the time and makes the same money. That's all on the next episode. So you can see which way we're going. I want to uh, have conversations with folks, right? I don't put a podcast mic in front of people. I put a stereo Zoom recorder. It gets people out of the idea that they're being interviewed. I don't do the standard Jack Spirigo intro question because they immediately think they're being interviewed. And you can hear their voice change as they're self-conscious about it. So what's coming up? Some of the other things coming up are Shudra, one of the other contributors on the Homestead Journal. He's down in Australia. He's also a prolific tweeter or Twitter troll. He's going to talk about thriving down under, including his aquaponics. Um, we're going to talk about, without being political, we'll talk about the clown circus season coming up. You know, it's the election. Don't sell your soul and lose your intention during this season. And it's deer season. So my friend Prepper Dave is going to join me. He's my hunting partner. And we're going to tell stories about our hunts, including some very funny stories like when I got stuck up in a tree. So that's what's coming up on Thrive in the Future. In addition to that, going to start moving towards continuing to build the community. Go over to the, the right sidebar in thriveinthefuture.com. You can join our Telegram community. On there, we have conversations. We're going to start having a monthly call with a specific topic. I'm going to start a Patreon. Right now, I'm out four or five weeks forward in episodes, which I've never been before. For a very small fee, you could join the Patreon. You can get early access to those episodes. You'll get special stuff. I have a lot of extras from recording with Perpend that didn't make it into the episodes because I want to keep them down between 20 and 40 minutes. So that's coming soon. And once again, we want to keep positive solutions, not complaining. There's lots of stuff to complain about, especially with clown season going on. There's lots of stuff to complain about with this person or that person or this thing or that. We want to get away from that and have positive solutions for the tough times ahead. Take care, everybody. Next time on Thrive in the Future podcast. I think I've stumbled upon here of the like multi-side hustle intermittent high value dollar per hour system thank you for listening to the thrive in the future podcast if you like what you hear click that subscribe or follow button on your favorite podcast app also check us out at thriveinthefuture.com and join our conversation on twitter at thrive in the future or join our Telegram channel. Simply go to the Thrive in the Future website. On the right sidebar, there's a link to the Telegram channel. This episode was produced by Scott Miller, copyright 2022. Thriveinthefuture.com Join us at the Homestead Journal in living out the classic homesteading ethos on the path towards a simple life that speaks to the heart of humanity. We're an online community embodying and helping our members develop an indestructible homesteading mindset. Become someone who adds walk to the talk and applies proven old world protocols in a modern context. Find us at thehomesteadjournal.net and follow us at thj.net on Twitter.